You're listening to Redeeming Grace Audio. For more resources or messages, check out redeeminggracecc.com. In the community group that we host at our house on Tuesday nights, we've been going through a study called Praying at the Crossroads, where we're looking at prayers of the Old Testament saints in some of their most pivotal, sometimes difficult, sometimes exciting and victorious times. And we're looking at the kind of prayers that these men and women prayed. And we've already seen some incredible things. We've seen incredible boldness in prayer with people like Moses and Deborah as they go to God expectant, ready to see God work and ready to see God move. We've even seen persistence and and almost feelings of, of desperation coming to God with deep desires like in the life of Hannah as she was praying for a child. But if you look through the rest of the scope of the Old Testament, you will find men and women who rested the entirety of their faith and their lives on praying to the God whom they knew heard their prayers and would respond according to his will. We see incredible faithfulness in people like Daniel as he would come to his window three times a day to offer up his prayers to God. We see prayers in the midst of difficulty and confusion with David in the book of Psalms or Habakkuk as he cries out to God in the midst of oppression and opposition. But no matter where the people found themselves, the faithful followers of God always were driven, no matter what their circumstances would be, to communicating with their father who loves them and created them. And we see that continue into the New Testament. Just last week, we looked at the example of Simeon as he had been waiting for the Messiah to come into the world. And when Joseph and Mary brought the baby Jesus to the temple and he held that hope of his promise in his hands, all he could do was pray and speak to God and offer up thanksgiving to God saying, God, now I can depart. I can die in peace because I've I've seen your salvation. We see in the life of Christ even as we know and we recognize during the season that Jesus is the Son of God, the Word of God made flesh. That through his entire life and ministry, Jesus was led by the Spirit and in constant communication and prayer with his Father. And so it made sense that as Jesus was calling these people to follow him, calling these disciples to come after him, to learn from his teaching and to participate in his ministry, that they would want to know how to pray like Jesus prayed. And so at one point they came to Jesus and they asked him precisely that. They said, how do we pray? And we see that in Matthew and in Luke. And we're going to focus on what Jesus says in the book of Matthew today. As he teaches not only his disciples that were there with him during his ministry, but as he teaches all of his followers how we should pray, not just individually, but as a church. And so because this is the last Sunday of the year, and because we like milestones and markers and these things are are just helpful for us, and because 2020 is rolling in on Wednesday, and we'll all be desperately confused as we write numbers for the next month and a half or so, and we'll all be sitting down and making goals, 
and setting some plans, maybe even making some resolutions for life change. And even as a church, we'll be thinking about what 2020 has to hold for us as we continue following after Christ and seeking to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our community, to keep growing in our faith, to keep loving and serving one another and caring for those in the community in which God has placed us. As we approach a milestone like this, it is important to do so in prayer. And so this morning, there's going to be a lot less of me talking today. And so this will be different from what we do in most occasions. But we're just going to have some space to pray. But we're going to do it in a very structured and a guided way. And this is something that I participated in for the first time at a, a church planter meeting. And these guys got together once a month at like 6 in the morning. It went from 6 in the morning until about 12 in the afternoon. It was on the other side of Atlanta. It was, a, it was a ridiculous day, the one day that I went. But it was an incredibly encouraging day because the, the people there were loving and kind and really interested in supporting one another. But also there was a block in the middle of, of the session that all it said on the agenda was kingdom prayer. And during that time, someone read a section of the Lord's Prayer that we're going to read in just a moment. And then we just spent some time, whether silently or aloud, just praying for the themes and the message of what Jesus was teaching us to pray. And so that's exactly what we're going to do this morning as a church, whether this is your church home and you're a member here and you've been here for a very long time, or even if you're just visiting for the very first time today, we're going to be praying for our church, but also ourselves individually, that as we go into the year 2020, that our lives, our mission, our vision would be wrapped around God and his will and what he desires, not only from us individually, but as a church, and that we would submit everything that we have to him. And so I'm going to read this passage of scripture and then I'm going to pray. And then after I do that, I'll read one section of this prayer that Jesus gave us. And then we're going to have just a couple minutes of quiet space where you can pray from your seat. If you would like to, to lock arms with someone else and pray with them, you can. If you'd like to come and use the stage as an altar, if you feel like you need to kneel, you can do that as well. If you want to pray silently, if you want to offer your prayers out loud, that space is going to be ours to pray for what Jesus is calling us to pray for in our lives and in our church. And so in Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 5, Jesus says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they've received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. May God add his blessing and his favor to the reading of his word. Thanks be to God for his word. Almighty God. We thank you and we praise you for all that you've done for us. And God, we thank you for the truth that you are here with us. As your son says, we're two or more gathered in your name. You are here with us also. 
We know you are a God who hears the prayers of your people. As we've been going through the book of Revelation, we're reminded that our prayers are like a fragrant offering to you. And so we come together this morning to lift those up to you. God, we do petition you to hear our prayers. And that you would, as we pray, you would speak to us, that you would lead us and guide us, that you would give us direction, that you would bring healing where we need healing, that you would bring conviction where we need conviction, restoration where we need restoration, encouragement where we need encouragement. But Father, we come to you today as a church, as your children, as we saw so clearly in one of our readings today, that you, you have called us your children. And so God, we come to you today as children to glorify you, to seek your will, to rely on you, and to trust in you for all things. And so God, we do ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus, the things that have already been prayed and the things that are yet to be spoken. Amen. First thing here says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. I think sometimes the salutation of a prayer can be very easily skipped over. But in this section, Jesus reminds us that, that our prayers are not in vain, that they're not speaking to the wind, but we're speaking to our Father in heaven who loves us and cared for us. And it is his name that should receive all the glory and honor and praise. And God has done some amazing things in and through the life of our church in 2019. And we know and we trust that he's going to do the same in 2020, but not so that people will know the name of our church or the name of our people or congratulate us or pat us on the back, but so that God will receive all the honor and glory and praise. And so in this space, I'm just going to ask that we join our hearts together and celebrate our good father. Just pour out our thanksgiving for him for the things that he's done in our lives individually and as a church and just ask that he would be glorified over this next year in everything that we do. Let's pray. God, it's amazing that we can come to you as our Father. Not a deity in a far-off place who is unconcerned or unfamiliar with the people you created. But you are a God to whom we can cry out, Abba, Father. God, so many times, be it in our lives individually or even as a church, it's hard to not be selfish or self-glorifying or self-focused. So God, I pray that you just give us humble hearts and that we would hallow your name, that we would lift up your name in everything that we do. And God, for everyone in this room individually and for us collectively as redeeming grace, that whatever you have for us in this next year, whatever you see us doing, wherever you have us going, the lives that are impacted through the work and ministry and the preaching of the gospel of our church, that people wouldn't look and celebrate the church or its members, but they would look and say, look what God is doing. And in the same way, like the church in Acts chapter 2, that we would be able to look around with awe and wonder at all you're doing and give you praise and with thankful hearts rejoice and honor and glorify you in all things. 
You are the beginning. You are the center. You're the alpha and the omega. And God, we just pray that you are recognized as such in the life of our church and all that we do. Next, Jesus teaches to pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the book of Revelation, we've been looking at some of these false kingdoms that rise up in our world. And even in some of the letters to the churches, if you think far back enough in the very beginning of Revelation, we see people who even in in church life were trying to build their own kingdoms or trying to have their own will done. But as we've seen, we've been called to build not our own kingdoms, but his. That goes for us individually and as a church. But as we do that kingdom work, we want to do it in a way that honors and glorifies God, but also in his way, because God knows far beyond what we do. And so we can come up with a lot of plans and and resolutions for our church and all of these things. But we want to be walking completely and totally in sync with God's will in everything that we do. And so let's take a moment in the silence and pray for the kingdom work that God has called us to do. That over this next year that we would see people saved through the preaching of the gospel, that we would see baptisms, that we would see more baptisms than we ever have in the life of our church as God adds to his number daily people who are being saved. But also that we would have a heart that seeks after his will and that we would be willing individually and as a church that wherever God calls us to go, whatever God calls us to do, And however he wants us to accomplish those things, that we would be so in sync with his will that when he says walk, we would walk. And when he says stop, we would stop. And that everything would be done according to his plan. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you have given us a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And we see this incredible picture of this victorious kingdom that you established in the life and ministry of Jesus. And we have this promise that if we have trusted and follow after you, that we're not simply part of a church, but we are a part of your kingdom. A kingdom that is here, that is active, but one that you will one day finish and complete in all of its glory. God, we thank you for the beauty of that kingdom, that there are no walls or borders and barriers, that it's not made up of one type of person, but that we all come together from different places. God, followers of Christ all over the world, people from every race and tribe and tongue, culture and background, socioeconomic place, God, that you make us all one in Christ. And so God, help us to never forget the beauty of the kingdom to which we're called. But also, God, don't let us forget the work that we're called to do, that you've called us to be your kingdom workers. And as we pray that your kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven, we're not simply waiting, but God, you've called us to, to put our hands to doing that work to going and making disciples of all nations and baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, to be your witnesses from where you've planted us all the way to the ends of the earth. 
to care for those in need, and to love even those that hurt us. And so God, we just pray that individually we would all be good kingdom workers, that we would all never waste an opportunity to share the gospel and to love our neighbors. And that God is a church. We would, through the preaching of your word and, and worshiping of you, but also through our ministries and our missions efforts and just all of the, the circumstances in which you place us, God, we pray that we would see people saved by the gospel, that you would draw people to yourself through this church and on our work. God, that we would see people baptized to find that hope of eternal life in Christ and the redemption and reconciliation that comes in Jesus, that we would help one another grow in our faith, that we would help one another grow in our abilities and our works, and that we would constantly send each other out to go and to continue that work. But God, we pray above all, not just for this kingdom work, but for everything else that we're going to pray over these next few minutes, that your will would be done. God, we have so many plans and ideas, some good, some bad, some righteous, some sinful. But we're not really interested in seeing what we can accomplish or what we can build. But we want to see what you're going to do in and through the life of our church. And so, God, help us to keep our eyes fixed on Christ. Help us to have the faith to be able to step out when, when the other side seems uncertain, but to trust in you in all things. And, God, when we do things that are, are not in line with what you've called us to do, help us to have the wisdom to stop. And, God, when there are things that we need to be actively participating in, give us the faith and the hope and the excitement to jump in. So God, may your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In verse 11 and 12, Jesus says, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And I love this part because it reminds us that it's okay to pray for ourselves because sometimes that can feel selfish and somehow unrighteous, but we need to not only ourselves individually, but we need to pray for ourselves as a church. This, this request to give us our daily bread and forgive us our debts reminds us that we can pray for our physical needs, but also our spiritual needs. And then also reminds us that we need to be praying for our relationships with others as we have also forgiven our debtors. And so we're going to spend some time now praying that God would provide for our church in a variety of ways. It does take money for our church to exist. And so we are going to pray that God provides for us financially and materially in the places that we need and, and no more, that we would be good stewards of all that God has already given us and God will, but also that God would provide for us the time that we need to be able to do the work that we're called to do. And that God would provide for us spiritually because it's hard work to go out and to pour ourselves out into one another and into the people around us. And so we're going to pray that God would give us his full measure of grace so that we can go out and do what we're called to do and that he would constantly remind us of our salvation and our forgiveness. But also praying that exactly what God does for us, we would do for others. That because God provides for our needs, we would provide for the needs of others. Because God forgives us, we would forgive as Christ has forgiven us. And so let's just take some time and pray for all of those things. Father God, we thank you 
for the way that you provide for us. God, I just, I tell people all the time, when, when you look at starting a church and, and all that you've taken us in over these last several years as we've grown into, from a church plant into a, a church, it's one of the most faith-building things because you, we just have to rely on you for everything. And God, we thank you for all that you've done for us. And if you never did another thing for us individually or as a church, God, you've already done far more than we ever could deserve or ask. But God, we do ask because you tell us to right here. We ask that you would continue to provide for us. God, in, in, in our finances, that you would care for our church financially so that we would be able to continue to do what we're called to do. God, that you would provide for us materially in the place where that's needed. God, you know that we're looking for, for a new space to meet. And so, God, we pray that you would just provide that in your sovereignty and in your goodness and plant us exactly where you want us to be. God, that you would expand our time and help us to be good stewards of that time so that we would use it purposefully to go and to love and to serve and to care for those around us. But God, we also pray that you would care for us spiritually. Your calling on our life is to pour out everything that we have. And so God, we want to do that faithfully. And we just ask that as we pour out our love and affection for you, our love and affection for those who are our brothers and sisters in Christ and here in this church, as we pour out our love and affection and our grace and mercy for those that you've placed around us that need the gospel, God, as we feel like we may be running empty, we pray that you would just fill us up and redeem us and restore us. God, that you would remind us that your grace and mercy, that there, it's new every single morning for us that you would forgive us of the places where we fall short and that you would strengthen us to continue on. But God, that also we would be reflections of that in everything that we do in our relationships with those around us, that we would forgive like you forgive us, that we would forgive like we would hope and expect to be forgiven, that we would give and meet the needs of those around us financially and materially and spiritually. And that this church would be a place where daily bread is both received and given all the days of our lives. And then finally, Jesus says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And in scripture, we're called as followers of Christ to be above reproach and to, be, to live lives worthy of our calling as followers of Christ. Jesus even sets the bar saying, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And so we should strive for that and long for that, knowing that we'll fall short, knowing that we'll mess up, but also knowing that there are consequences, not just personally, but communally when that happens as well. And so to protect our witness, to protect our ability to love and to care and serve for those around us, to protect the faithfulness of our ministry. Let's just spend some time and pray. Again, individually, I think this starts with each and every one of us individually asking God to protect us from temptation and to keep us away from sin, but also as a church. There are temptations for, for church congregations and bodies. Let's pray that God would protect our church from, from temptation, that God would protect our church from division and all the things that our enemy tries to do to pull God's community apart and that he would deliver us from evil and keep us from sin so that we can continue this work that we're called to do. But let's also pray with thanksgiving. 
knowing that as we fall and mess up, that God is there to pick us up, clean us up, and move us along. So let's pray with that same heart that God would lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Father God, I thank you for the message that we hear every week when we talk about our confession of sin, that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that when we come to church, there's no hierarchy of better or worse. There are just people humbly trying to, to follow you to the best we can. God, we thank you that you are gracious and merciful when we fall and when we sin. God, we thank you like, like Jonah. You give us chance after chance of redemption and restoration. But God, we know the way in which we live and the things that we do reflect not only on ourselves, not only on our church, but they reflect on you as well. And they can have an impact. God, we know that sin can, can pull us away from you, that sin can divide the community that you've called us in, but also sin can make it very difficult for us to be light in a dark and broken world. And so God, we just pray that you would protect each and every one of us here individually from temptation. God, that you would break chains of, of sins that try to ensnare us and, and hold us back from what you're calling us to do. But God, we also pray that over our church as a whole, that as we trust that our church is going to continue to grow and we're going to continue to, to go out about this mission of loving and serving and caring that you've given us, that God, you would help us to have a focus on that, that we wouldn't be tempted or led away by the things of the world, but that you would keep us united in the gospel and our hope rooted fully in you so that we wouldn't fall into sin, sin, but that we would be delivered from evil. And Father God, we are so thankful that you are here with us today and that you hear us today. God, I pray that this would be a church that is marked by constant prayer. Not only for ourselves and our ministries, but for the kingdom of God all over the world. That this prayer that Jesus gave us would be on our hearts every moment of every day. And then we would pray with the faithfulness of Daniel and the confidence of Moses and Deborah and the persistence of Jacob and Hannah and that, God, we would keep our eyes open and our ears attentive to what you would do and what you would say so that we bring honor and glory to you in all that we do. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I feel like that's a good way to end a year, right? I love the opportunity to get to pray together. If, if this was new or, or different or even maybe uncomfortable, thank you for participating in this. If this is your first week, this might be in a, a unique time to come and to be a part of one of our worship services, but prayer is so crucially important. If you were here and you thought, huh, it's kind of nice not having Chris talk at me for 40 minutes. Don't you worry your pretty little head. We'll be back to normal next week and back in Revelation. And it's a heavy one, so just get ready. But as we move into 2020, we are going to have a, a very deep emphasis on prayer, as we should always, but, but 
corporately as a church. We were going to focus on, on praying some specific things throughout the year, and so it just felt right and good to end our year this way as we transition into the next. And I just, I'm, I'm eager and expectant for all that God is going to do in and through the life of our church. And so let's continue this all the way through the year 2020. If you want to kind of go through this pattern of prayer, you can do it on your own. Also, the, we recorded what we did today, and so you can kind of go along with that same pattern and flow if you'd like the, the guidance of it as well. It'll be on our website and on our, our podcast feed probably in the next few days or so. And so you can participate in that ongoing, but let's just devote ourselves to being people of prayer. And one of the things that we do, one of the things that we're reminded of is that we're united in our faith. And so Alex, if you'll pull up our confession of faith, it's this that, that ties us all together. And so today's confession is fittingly about Jesus and the nature of Jesus and who he is. As we think about his birth, we're reminded of all that Christ has done for us. And I love the way that the writer of Hebrews puts all of this together, where we remember that God speaks to us. And he did that most intimately through his son, Jesus Christ. And so in the same way that we are praying with one heart, let's now confess this truth about Jesus together. Saying long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the power of his power. After making purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high, having become as much superior to angels as the name he has inherited is more excellent than theirs. Amen. Father God, you gave Christ on our behalf, who came as the fullness of God and helpless child and would go on to give the ultimate offering of his own life in exchange for our salvation. Through these gifts we're about to receive, even though they're so small in comparison to what you have already given us, we pray that you receive them, multiply them, and use them for your good and the good of our church and of our world. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. At this time, we're going to continue in worship by taking our tithes and offerings. And as we do, let's sing that God would give us vision and direction, singing, Be Thou My Vision. <laughs> 